Cool. How's that? Perfect. Perfect. I don't know if like my headphones just like suck today or I'm like screaming. I don't know. <laughs> you can hear yourself fine though, right? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. I'd, I'd then, rather not, but <laughs> <laughs> then, then we're good. Yeah, we're yeah. Good. Uh, I just want to say, man, I appreciate you taking your time out of day to taking your time out of the day to do this, especially before you're going on a little little trip, right, man? Yeah, this is exciting, and thank you for inviting me. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Awesome, awesome. So I I always say like I don't do like you know intros justice or kind of just like introducing the guests like amazing. I always just kind of like throw it to them. So. You don't have to go like crazy in depth, but like, you know, tell us just a little bit about yourself, man. Yeah, sure. So, um, I, my work life was doing architecture and, um, then somewhere in my late fifties, I started doing art and, um, maybe like the last maybe four or five years, I've been really hitting it semi-serious. And I think this year is going to be where I, I, Take it as a job. Um, so I'm going to be really, I have a beautiful studio space at 20 Ton Studios. And um, yeah, so this is a, it's a beginning of a new life as an old guy. <laughs> nice, man. So, uh, tell us just like a tad bit about your background. Like how did you end up getting into like uh, architecture? Um, well, I went to school for pharmacy. I am a less than orderly person and um I kind of, while I was taking the, the science and the, the classes moving in that direction, um, I realized that this is probably a really bad idea. <laughs> and um, and I took my not yet wife, um, convinced me to take a class in the architecture department, a survey class, and um, I just loved it. It was machines and building and art and all the things that I love in my life. And, um, yeah, from there, I just went through the, through, went through the, um, department and, um, got my degree in architecture. Nice. Were you, what kind of like when you were, when, once you graduated, like what kind of spe- like, what was kind of like your specialty, like in the architecture field? Well, I, I touched on nearly everything on residential commercial, the company I used to work for actually developed the, the, the place we're in right now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was I was gone right before they started on this. Um, yeah, maybe like two years before they started on this. Okay, nice. Yeah, my sister was backtrack a tad bit. My sister was kind of like going to school for pharmacy, kind of like in the same thing, and she kind of like realized that one day she was just like, uh, this kind of just isn't like the right path for me. Then she ended up becoming an accountant. So it was kind of like a, a weird, weird thing. But I feel like that happens a lot. I feel like so many people go to school like for pharmacy, whether they're like pharmacy techs or something. And they're just like, yeah, like this is what I want to do. And then all of a sudden, nope, I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I didn't get anywhere that deep in it. I realized pretty quickly on that. Just, you know, it, it takes a certain level of organization order and orderliness. And, oh, my God, that's just, that's my nemesis. Yeah, that's <laughs> to join the club. I, <laughs> you go to, like, my work desk, everything is just sprawled everywhere. And it's like, I know where everything is. <laughs> but someone else, like, hey, I told my manager I left work one day. I'm like, hey, can you grab, have, like, a list of names on a piece of paper? Can you, like, grab it and send me a picture? He just, like, sent me a picture of my desk, like, what piece of paper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, uh, it's it's one of those. <laughs> so um, you you just so pretty much just got into kind of like creating, not to, like a few years ago. You said three or well, four years ago, or did you start art way before that? Truly, my whole life, uh, as far back as I can think, I was always making and building and creating and looking at new ways to change something that existed, and you know make a new new thing and I grew up in a house where um we were always building and creating we had a body shop when automobile body shop when we were youngsters so you were you know creating and building making tools that you didn't have and you know pounding pieces of tin to make make things fit it was pretty amazing it was um we we grew up we were very fortunate we grew up in a house where we got to create maybe not necessarily artistic things but we were always building something and my brother is a really creative, fantastic 
maker of things. Um, and, um, you know, so that's, that's what he and I grew up doing. And I, that's probably why architecture appealed to me because it was, uh, you know, another way to create things. So you've been creating like your whole, like your entire life pretty oh, much. It's what? Forever, forever. There was always a pencil in my hand, always, always drawing, always looking for some kind of scrap of paper to draw on. Always and always and always and always. What was your favorite thing to draw as a kid? Probably trucks. You know, I don't, I don't have the recollection of it, but more than likely when I was little, that's probably exactly what it was. Cars and trucks and Jetson looking things with, you know, tail fins and rockets coming off of them and, you know. Oh man, that's actually pretty sick. I wish I had like, if you, I'll show you my notes really quick. These are my notes. All right. <laughs> yeah. Like these are like horrible. I wish I had like the steady pen and like, just like being able to like somewhat draw like whatsoever. Like I, I tried to draw my entire life. Like one of my, my best friends growing up is hands, like his dad was an architect. So it's probably something genetics, <laughs> genetic wise. And he has some of the most amazing penmanship and can literally draw everything just like amazing. It is. It's beautiful. My my hands are going to heck. I, I think having the body shop, there's been nerve damage. And then when you get old, you get shaky. So I had to loosen up everything I do. Everything I do has gotten you know like bigger lines and looser. And I'm not real concerned if it's exactly what it's supposed to look like because <laughs> my machinery is kind of worn out. And that's as... I have to just deal with what the skills that I have now because just things don't work the way they did. Yeah. I mean, well, everything looks amazing anyway. So I don't Thank think you, I don't <laughs> think, I think the machinery is working just fine for you. Thank I think you, you just adapted. Yeah. And that's, that's what that's you it. have to do. Yeah. How has like, um, that, that transition from kind of being solely an architect to, to actually switching into art? How did that work for you? Well, um, so the, the architecture ended, I started a business doing um, retail repair and disability design, you know, keeping people in their homes. And I crashed and burned that thing kind of when the economy went bad okay. and my lack of order. <laughs> so that just, yeah, that really just, you know, ran that into the ground. Um, and then I started working at a, uh, there's a um, hardware store in, in Mequon that I started working at. And um, that kind of was like the transition point for me. And that place is one a fantastic. It it's one of the businesses that really doesn't exist anymore. Um, the community comes there. It's like a community gathering place. Okay. Um, we've had old ladies come in there to have us open up jars for them. And I have kids that from the neighborhood that are creating something for school. They'll come in there and can you help us build this thing? And so we'll go down in a shop and, you know, help them create something. So that, yeah, that was my, my gentle transition area. And one of the men that worked at that store knew I was looking for a space and he was looking for a warehouse space. And he ran into the guys at 20 ton at the studio I'm at. And, um, he said, you have to go talk to these men or talk to the group. So I went over and talked to him and it was, I had this beautiful opportunity. So, um, and about a, maybe a year and a half or two before, well, probably two years before that, I started really starting to spend a lot more time, um, like nearly all my free time painting and, and drawing way more than I ever did before. It was just like here and there and I dabble on it. So yeah, I really started hitting it. And then the, the other thing that really lit the fuse are, we had a neighbor who um, was a docent at Milwaukee Art Museum. And she was encouraging me. Um, she and one of my really close friends, both at the same time, were saying, make more. Why don't you make more? We really love your stuff. And I was sort of uncomfortable because, you know, I didn't go to art school. I went to architecture school. I was fine with that. I just didn't know where this, what the stuff looked like to the rest of the world. So I was uncomfortable. They they really prodded, both of them really prodded me to, to get up and start making things. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, is is this kind of around the time where you realize, like, hey, like, I'm I'm actually good at this. <laughs> I'm, I'm wrestling with that forever. Um, on one hand, I really like the things I make. I, I you know, they're they're exciting and, and um, I love the way they look. Otherwise, you'd be making them differently. But 
I'm trying to figure out what the rest of the world thinks of it. Um, and I see that I'm in flux always. There is the, the way it moves. I sort of, I guess I have an identifiable style, but boy, it just, it kind of moves. It's pretty fluid. Okay. That's, that's interesting. I, I feel like, well, no, correct me if I'm wrong. Like you are kind of possibly like juggling to that point where it's just like, okay, like I'm okay at this. I'm not the, I'm not the best, but I'm not the worst. But at the same time, you're, you're just kind of being like, all right, screw it. Let me just put this out here and then let me just see, see what the response is. You hit it. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I'm, I'm, I, I love it. I think it looks really wonderful, but I'm the guy that's creating it. On the other hand, I have exactly that attitude. And the minute that I, I kind of acquired that attitude, like to hell with it. If I make a mistake, fine. That mistake is actually a gift and I'll just roll with it. And if paint splashes on something, it's a gift. I'll just work with it. Um, and that, that sense that added so much freedom and it made me, it allowed me to, uh, make just be a way more comfortable and not so nervous on the choices I'd make. Everything wasn't labored. It was just, you know, this, there was this wonderful freedom, just whatever line came next is fine. One thing that kind of just struck a chord with me right away, um, because I had a conversation with my, one of my really good friends, I would consider him a really good friend. He was like my landlord for, ooh, super long time, a very, very long time. And he's an artist as well, um, Aaron Boyd. And he said the exact same thing. It's like if if paint splatters somewhere, it's a gift. And it's just like being so comfortable with the mistakes that you make, just because like it may be a mistake to you, but how someone else perceives it, it's like, wow, that just added so much more to like authenticity to like the painting. Yeah. So somewhere along the line, you know, during the industrial revolution, things were being able to be created that were perfect and all the lines were perfect. And no matter what you wanted, you could get, it was just very precise. And, um, you know, that sense of having it come from somebody's hand disappeared. And I have the sense that when you see jiggly marks or, you know, splashes or splatters, it's this wonderful, you, you, kind of are able to see the creation process and you get to see what's going on with it. Um, I, I love that idea. And I, like, I, I don't know this to be true, but I heard that when um, um, rugs are woven, um, that there's errors introduced into the rug because to try to create something perfect is an affront to God. And that, that sense of putting a mistake in there is, again, so freeing fine. It's, it's, you know, I don't have to start over. I have a mistake. And actually this mistake makes it human. And it looks like it came from somebody's hand. Um, and like really nice woodworkers, you know, people are making these beautiful handmade tables instead of hiding all the joints and, and hiding all the ways that the the thing comes together, they make a point of showing them. It's fantastic. I, I love that idea. I love it too. Like, especially one thing I've noticed, there's so many different, like, micro brands like these not like super large brands not super small they're like right in the middle and it's all about being authentic and it's all about those tiny gears like having this exposed or having this exposed maybe this didn't set just right but this makes this piece so much more unique than you know 50 other pieces and I feel like we're 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 in an age right now where having something unique is so key to being successful and I think embracing those mistakes embracing those challenges this line's not amazingly straight, but you know what? This still looks damn good and appreciating it. And I feel like everyone around that appreciates art is starting to appreciate it more as well. Oh, well, you know, somewhere in this later part of my life, I started spending more time going to art museums. And growing up, I only saw art in books. And it's reproduced, you know, at a tenth of the size that it appears on a wall when you actually on on the page it looks perfect every line looks beautifully drafted and you know colors are just great and when you see the piece in 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 person it's like wow look at this really this is this sloppy and it's a famous piece of work 
and that was another gift too. When I started seeing, you know, well-known pieces that I, I saw my whole life reproduced and I saw them in person, that was another freeing gift. Like, fine, they, the lines don't have to be perfect and the color doesn't have to be perfectly smooth. In fact, if it's not, it has so much more life and personality to it. I agree. I, some of the best, I love art museums. I worked in art museum for, I worked at Milwaukee Art Museum for about a year and a half. Um, and the only time like I've seen like flawless art was at the Louvre in Paris, like walking through that. That's the only time I've seen like, oh my gosh, this, everything in here looks freaking amazing. <laughs> but besides that, everything's so unique and, and different. And I kind of want to ask what, what does art mean to you? Hmm. I don't know if it has one meaning. I, it brings me such a ridiculous amount of joy. I, I, and I was kind of reviewing this for, for this interview and thinking about what does it mean to me. I spend, I, I don't have a problem spending nearly all my time in one way or another consuming art, making art, thinking about art. I must be exhausting to the people around me. Well, I know I am because this is, and and I love this wonderful, weird, odd you know odd things that go on in in life. So, you know, I my 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 daughter in law works at one of the the local galleries. And I probably drive her crazy because you know that's all I want to talk about. It's just I and and because I've kind of come up at this at a later point in my life. It's um you know I just I. I don't have people my age. I didn't grow up with it. So, you know, all of a sudden I'm tasting this fruit that I've, I've come across for the first time and I I just can't can't get enough and can't talk enough about it or be around it enough. That's understandable. I feel like if, <clears throat> if someone asked me that question about, like, what does coaching mean to me or what does track mean to me, I feel like it, it just comes down to just me being so freaking passionate about it. Where does your passion from art come from? I know you've been kind of like meddling with things ever since like being a kid and like, like not where it started, but like even taking that risk right now being like, hey, like I want to go into this full time. Like you have to be damn passionate about it. So where does that passion stem from? I think it's that ability and that that chance to, to make something and to reach inside, maybe this is what it is. Art, a lot of times, is reaching into your mind and, and all these wonderful things that are going inside your head that the population around you never has a chance to see, reaching on and, and putting it onto something and everybody else can see what's happening. And, you know, that's sort of like magic. I, you're, you're, you're allowing everybody else to be a mind reader. And then you create this thing. And then it takes on a life of its own. You know, I had one idea for it and other people look at it and go, oh, I guess you were trying to save X, Y, Z. And absolutely not, but that's fine. I'm not going to tell you I wasn't because you know what? It's a really wonderful gift when I hear what, what you think of it. And all of a sudden you have me see this in a very different way. And, and <laughs> wow, I had no idea. Yep, that totally makes sense. So uh, that is for me. That's also fantastic. I I made a painting. You know, well, the the lady visited in our studio. She saw the painting and she loved it so much. She kissed it, oh. <laughs> and she said it reminded me. It reminded her of herself when she was a young person, and she dealt with depression and. She used to hide her. She would wear a hoodie, and this was the painting was a, a person in a hoodie. And um, she said, "I used to hide away in that hoodie because it was the only safe place I could could find." And it was most lovely, touching thing. And and that happened to me once before with a, another painting I made for someone that brought him to tears. And I, I would imagine if anyone outside of these people saw it, they would just you know what. How would that bring you to tears? But the fact that it touched someone like that, oh my goodness, how, how many times in a life do you get to do something like that that touches somebody at such a level? So that that's pretty, I, I, that's probably one of the things that's really exciting for me. And I'm such a damn little kid that, 
really, my paintings are like putting stuff up on your mom's refrigerator door. I, 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 I would draw the same person like 15 times and put them on the fridge. <laughs> oh, well, that's what Instagram is for me. It's like yep. a giant, gigantic refrigerator door. How do you like it? How do you like it? Yep. Ooh, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> so I have two things on that, what you just said. Working at the art museum, we had one guy that would always come in. He would sit in front of this painting. I don't remember what it was. And he would just come in every day. He would just sit in front of it and then just weep. Like, it just touched him that much. He would just sit in front of it for, like, an hour sometimes and just, like, weep. And it's just like, man, having something that affects someone. That artist probably doesn't know that guy. But that what that person created is so impactful on that person's life that it, it brings them to tears. And I feel like that's why people... So most of the time, that's why they create. That's why they, they make art. That's why I have this podcast. I, I, I had a conversation with uh, Aaron Boyd the other day, and he, he messaged me, and he was just like, hey, man, like, um, you're doing great with the podcast, blah, blah, blah. I actually got a letter from someone who, who listened in on the podcast and was telling, and in the letter, she was telling him how, like, listening to that podcast got her out of, like, a rough spot. And it's just like, that's why I do this. Like, like that touched me. Like I almost, 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 almost brought a tear to my eye. I'm just like, just something that you create can like impact someone on such a deep level is, is so amazing. Who gets to do that? There's, there's not too many people in this world get to do that. When, when you talk to somebody for, you know, because you're, you're, you need help and you're, you're trying to help yourself, you know, they're there helping you help yourself. They don't really get to have their their hand and and touch somebody that you know they don't know. I, I'm I'm just floored. I'm floored that you know to have that impact and and you know you know what it feels like. It's just it's magic. And, and I I wish I could put it into words. It is just such a fantastic thing, and it feels like. You, you know, you spend your whole life taking from the society that you live in. That opportunity to give back like that is incredible. I agree. And I want to jump to something else. Just you said something about the society. I was just on your website, just like uh, popping around, looking at a few things. And you said that, you know, pop culture has really influenced your art. Like, how, how is that? Well, number one. I just want to say clearly pop culture has like influenced his art a lot because no one is just going to paint a silhouette of a Jordan one. <laughs> and thank you for this. I appreciate You're it so, so much. You know, I'll, I'll answer that. Well, well I'll, I'll ask you about that later on. Um, so how does pop culture? Well, you know, I mean, you're, you're surrounded in it. You're bathed in it all the time and it's everybody's touchstone. Everybody kind of understands what you're, you're saying and sometimes it can become a shorthand. You know, sometimes you can tell a, I think a lot of times I have cynical jokes in, you know, in the things that I do. And, and you know, if you can grab this, this shortcut, um, you know, that's kind of a fun thing to do too. And, you know, there's, I, I, I just, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but sometimes it becomes an insider joke, you know, so that, someone from that age group or from that, you know, that group that understands it gets a joke and then everybody else is excluded. I'm, I'm kind of working through trying to understand if that's okay to do or not, you know, for me personally, because sometimes, you know, it's, it's being exclusive and I don't know. I'm, I'm my whole life. I've been kind of always wrestling with you know, what, what's good behavior and what's not, what's not good behavior. And I, I think you spend your whole life doing that, oh, you know, yeah. trying to figure out what's okay today. You later on, you realize, yeah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everybody struggles with that. Oh yeah. It's just like, I, you, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Me and my fiance were talking about this. Like whenever, like we, we host a lot of people, like a lot of people come over, over our house, like we have game nights and stuff like that. And then it's just like always the next morning you wake up and you, think like, oh, shit, should I have said that yeah. joke? Uh, should I have not said that? Are people upset with me right now? And you're just kind of like, all right, maybe I'm going to take a step back next time. You know, and, and like the point of time that you're occupying, you know, your age right now, you, you know, you're doing that a lot because you have 
you know, newer friends, people that you've kind of just met or, you know, you, you haven't spent a lifetime with them. I have a group of friends that we've been friends since high school and through college. We've spent a lifetime together. And, um, you know, one, we always have our shorthand, but like when somebody says something that's not exactly kosher and that doesn't happen because I, 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 everybody understands one another yeah. at this point, yep. but you know, if it's not exactly right, it, I think almost always at some point, somebody will step back and say, you know what? That, that wasn't okay. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I need to, I'm sorry. And also, you know, I, again, I hope that people like once you get to my point in life, they realize that it's really important to do. I acted poorly. That's part of being a human. You know, you'd say things you shouldn't. and But to step back and say, well, that wasn't right. I need to correct that. I need to, you know, tell that person that my behavior was poor. And, and that's really nice, too. I mean, it's cleansing for the, for the person that did wrong. And then for the person that was wronged, you know, that, that, at least it... it validates their you know their sensibilities too i agree i I think so i coach high school and i feel like the younger generation has such an issue with that like it blows my mind it's like they think everything well i'm sorry i don't mean to like crap on gen z or whatever they are but i just feel like they they feel as if like i can do whatever the heck i want say what i want I don't care. It's not going to affect me. I'm just going to do it. And it's like I've had to kick people off of the team because because of attitudes like that. And I feel like I don't know if their brain's just not developed enough to realize, like, all right, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I should apologize for what I said. I, I think that's a youthful condition. Yeah, that's just I, I remember people complaining when I was, you know, high school age. Today's youth, it was, you know what, no matter what generation it is, today's youth, you know, the world's going to go to heck because this generation can't do anything. I, I, I think it's getting, making that mistake and having other people kick you enough. And at some point you go, I, I don't like it. Wait a second. Maybe other people don't like it as well. And, and hopefully, you know, you're, most people like to behave well. You know, there's always outliers. There's always the the, the de- degenerate in the group. And, um, you know, so, but generally, I think as a whole, you you just kind of learn. I remember watching old movies and, um, you know, it's like stuff from the 30s. And the, so it'd be, you know who Andy Rooney is? Yeah, so he's, he's like a, yeah, he's some old time actor. He was like, the hotshot kid actor and um, this this older generation. So they probably would have been, you know, like say 60 in the 1930s and talking about how rude today's generation is and, and the music the kids listen to and their dance steps, you know, and they're, they don't care about anything. It's never changed. It's been the same (laughs) forever and ever. Yeah. I think it's part of that, that aging process. I agree. I, mean, I agree. I think it is too. Speaking on age, so you're like you said, you're coming into the game just like a little late. How do you think that that's kind of like affected you, like and your craft? Do you feel like you have to work harder, or do you feel, or like you 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 can you are conditioned and smart enough to the point where it's just like it's not about pushing out as much as I possibly can, but making sure what I put out is quality. So, I. Th- it's on my mind a lot that the clock is ticking. Um, and I'm, I look at my father is 80, nearly 81. And I see physically and mentally where he is in this world. He's reasonably okay, but you know, there's things he can't do. So I see, well, I got about 20 years and, and it's on my mind a lot. You know, there's, there's certain days where I, I'm at home and, um, I think, uh, I don't want to go to the studio. I'm kind of worn out. And then there's that thought, hey, I only got 20 years to knock stuff out. Get out there and start start kicking. Um, so, yeah, that's on my mind a lot. I forgot the second part of your question. Um, oh, do you feel like you have to um, work smarter or work harder long term? Um, well, so most of my work, you know, there's um, – there's not the, let's, how do I put this? There's a lot of intuitive 
um, steps that I make when I when I create things. Um, I don't really map things out and take all kinds of notes and decide things need to be done this or that way. I kind of wish I could do that, but <laughs> there's that sense of that clock ticking and just make things. I, I just, you know, the process of making is, I love that. I love that, that just making the thing. My whole life, I wondered what, what this time was going to be like, you know, this getting towards retirement time. And it always seemed like, you know, I, from, from being a kid, it looked like people had a lot of stuff figured out, you know, and, and then I got to be this time at no different than when I was 20. <laughs> it's no different than when I was 30. Really, you know, there's just everything is pretty much the same thing. Um, so I, I, this is really an interesting time because I'm, I'm seeing, you know, as I was saying earlier, the clock ticking and I'm seeing my friends, parents, you know, becoming elderly and my parents becoming elderly and, um, you know, people around my age passing away and, giving me a really different look at the world. Um, it's pretty amazing. This is a really, to me, a real sort of magical time. You know, physically, it sucks because every, you know, my eyes are going, my ears are going, my back hurts, blah, blah, wham, wham, boo-hoo. But man, there's just this, there's a really wonderful clarity and not really caring you know, that what, what, certain people around me say, I mean, oh, it hurts or it makes me angry or whatever. But on the other hand, I'm like, well, okay, this, how much is this going to affect me? It bugs me right now. Maybe I need to step back and say, that's not an issue and don't worry about it. I, it's, it's a pretty, pretty amazing time to be, you know, this, this part of my life is just so far the best part. That's awesome. I think that just shows right there that you're not going to have it figured out at 28. Like I'm 28. I expected my life to be like, I'm going to have this, 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 and this. I don't have it figured out. Like I, it, people around me don't have it figured out. No one really has it figured out. And I, I personally believe that you'll never have it figured out. Like this life thing is such a game. We'll never have it figured out. Our main goal is to find something that we're passionate about and then just do it. That's what I believe. Oh, you know, that having that passion you are so lucky in this life to have passion. And I've, it makes me sad how many people haven't found their passion. And they're just, you know, making money to pay the rent and, you know, put, put something on the table. And they're searching for that passion. And they consume other people's passion, you know, like through watching a, a movie or a TV. And... They're actually, I find people sometimes are uncomfortable when you bring a high level of passion to something. They just don't know how to deal with people like that. So, and I, you know, I, I still get ribbed and, and teased that, you know, I'm, I'm told how you're passionate. And I know that that's not meant as a compliment. It's meant as, are you friggin' kidding me? Why don't you bring this down about, you know, 10 points? But I'm fine. This is, makes me happy, man. That's what pisses me off. It's like, why, why can't someone be passionate about something? Why can't someone love what they do? Like, that's what it's about. It's about finding something that you are so darn passionate about and you want to talk about it. Like, I have, like, I've lost my passion for track over time. Like, I coach. I don't run anymore. One of my friends is amazingly passionate about it. Like, he's 26. He still competes. Like, he loves it. And it's just like, I'm not going to be like, dude, chill out. Why are you talking about track all the time? It's like, no, dude, that's your passion. Like, I'm going to give you, like, the open. I'm going to give you the runway. Like, go for it. Like, let, let's talk about it. Because you should be able to share your passion with the world. Because if you're not, then you, I feel like you second guess yourself. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, what am I getting from it? And another thing you said was everyone should be able to find their passion. I feel like that's key. And I feel like a lot of people are just doing things to pay rent and just get the bills paid and to go out on the weekend or to buy nice things. And that's great. But they're not passionate about their job. They're not passionate about this. They're not passionate about that. But I also feel like they're so caught up in what other people may think. 
about what their passion may be that they're sometimes afraid to step out of the box and try it. Oh, God. Uh, you know what? I, I, you nailed it. Because, you know, like, let's just say your passion is art and the art you make isn't that interesting to anyone around you. Man, if you love it, it's kind of like, well, so what? And I, I'm struggling with that. I, you know, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm still, str I struggle with that. I love doing this stuff so much. On the other hand, you know, I'd like other people to like it. <laughs> you know, I guess it's just being a human and that's me being the little kid looking for approval. Um, but man, that, you know, that, that love of making a thing or whatever that is in your life. I love seeing people that have passion. When I was telling you earlier, they, when kids come into the hardware store and they're making a thing, you know, whatever it is for school, um, our, our, there's a great school that, that has some program that the kids are making inventions and then they actually make the thing. And see, some of these kids come in and they have such, they're so sparkly and so bright and they're exciting to be around. I love being around people like that. And they're, you know, their energy gives you energy. Hopefully your energy gives them and you, you have this, this level that builds up. We were talking about how Milwaukee is kind of like in this ember stage right now. There's like glowing embers and there's a lot of them and more than I've ever seen. And it just, I think it takes a little couple little, you know, fan those embers and you, you get a, you know, a big blaze going. And um, yeah, this is, this is an exciting place and time to be right now. Yeah, I agree. Milwaukee is, I've always been like, oh, I can't wait till I get out of Milwaukee. I can't wait to get out of Milwaukee. And then like all of a sudden over like the past like four years, it's just been like boom, 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 boom. Like small little flickers, like you said, those embers just start popping up. People are creating good content. People are doing amazing things. The city is allowing them to do amazing things. The city are, are putting so much backing behind these people to be like, Go create something like make this city better than what it is. Like give this city a better name, which is amazing. Like I, I, I never expected this. I, well, excuse me. I never expected this out of Milwaukee. Like I always expected it to be like, like a middle of nowhere city. Like you say, you say you're from Milwaukee. People are starting to be like, oh, yeah, Milwaukee. That's not too far from, from Chicago. Before it's like Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. What? <laughs> And I don't mean to talk too much, but I had, uh, you said, you know, Jason Alston, right? Yes. So in his, I, in his podcast, we, we talked a little bit about like Milwaukee, like growing and Milwaukee's in that stage where we don't know exactly what it's, what it wants to be. And it's like, you see Atlanta emerging as like a massive city. You see Houston emerging as a massive city. And I feel like in the next 10 years, we're going to see Milwaukee like start emerging as one of those like top and amazing cities. Well, I, I agree. And, and there's, you know, you have this beautiful infrastructure, physical as well as the intellectual infrastructure. And you have two, well, three, four pretty fantastic universities. Um, but, you know, we have this beautiful lakefront. This area that we're in right now is an incubator for all kinds of cool stuff. Um, Wauwatosa has a beautiful business incubator. And, you know, the... This group that you're part of, your generation you're part of, they're awesome. My my son is right around your age, and his whole time growing up, I just saw it. I saw this group looking at what happened before and just having this light and understanding that it's not going to coast. I'm, I can't just ride this wagon. I need to do some pushing, and I need to make some things happen. And... I talk to all kinds of different young people and this is a really, there's a, this attitude that we're going to kick it. We're going to, oh, yeah, definitely. And, yeah. and people my age are, you know, complaining. I mean, they, of course. old people always complain, yeah, but um, I'm going to be there one day. Too, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> but man, you guys are awesome. It's just the group that I'm with in the studio and you know, the young people I'm around, you guys kick You're it's just hard for me to believe. I, my son is just another one of these people that are, and and his wife. Um, you know, they're just amazing, amazing people. Not 
when I look back at what I was doing the same age that you are and they are, oh man, I sucked. <laughs> you guys are, you're there pounding it and making it happen. I, I'm, I can't wait. I, I hope that I'm able to see some of these, these seeds come to harvest. Oh, definitely. Yeah, me too, man. I, I agree. I feel like everyone's just kind of like taking it on their own. Everyone wants to build something for themselves. Everyone's kind of stepping away from either one thing, going to college and realizing like I can make it without being like $60,000, $70,000 in like student loan debt. Or I don't need to work nine to five because you know what? Like, yeah, I can get a salary benefits and all that other stuff and hate my life for eight, nine hours, 40 hours a week, blah, blah, blah. Or I can invest in myself and create something and build from that, which which I feel like is amazing. And you talk a lot about like you've talked a lot about like your studio and being surrounded by such young, mind, young, smart people. You know, you know, I, oh, I walk I, nearly and it may be every time, but it's nearly every time I'm in that studio and I look up and I look around. <clears throat> I cannot believe that I'm in such a place. The, the facility is just, it, it, I can't, I don't know that I have words for it. It's nearly like a religious experience. It's like walking into a fantastic cathedral. I, I'm trying not to be over dramatic, but that's how I feel about it. And physically, it, it, you know, it's similar. High ceilings, um, you know, I don't know what they are, like 20 feet, 25 feet in the air and um, big tall windows it's like these old time, you know, European churches. And um, many of the times I'm there, I have very different work times than the younger people do, you know. And, and when I was their age, I, lo I loved working from, you know, like, I don't know, 10 until 3 in the morning. I'm kind of an old guy, so, you know, I work daylight hours. Um, we have monthly meetings, and, um, you know, when I hear what these guys want to bring to guys and girls, people want to bring to this um, organization and bring to the, to the community, to the city. It is fantastic. And, and you know, when I see what these guys are creating and the energy that they bring, I just want to give them, I want to give them a slap on the back or <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know what I, I, I would love to tell them how, what I spent, that fantastic people I think they are. It's it's really, really exciting for me to see, you know, people like that, people like you. It's just, Thank it's you. wonderful. It's such a treat. Yeah. Sometimes I see a lot of studio spaces where it's just kind of like, all right, you come in, you do your work. Like you just saying, like they're having monthly meetings, like that, like this studio has a sense of community. It's not just a workshop. Like this is like a true community. I, I think that's the hope. Um, so I'm a little bit fuzzy on this stuff, but the, I think they had the building like three years now. Okay. They spent a good two years bringing it to the level where they could have people in there working and they, they did so much and they worked so hard. It's the space is so, so fantastic. I, I hope you, you have an invitation to come visit when, whenever it works for you. I would love for you to see that place. Um, and within like the last year, um, they're inviting other creators. So painters, sculptors, um, fashion people, it's, a, it's this wonderful mix. It's, they're trying very hard to have a, a mix of skills and talents in there. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's in its infancy. It's one but, big melting pot. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, you know, to invite me, an old guy in there with this young group of people, you know, on one hand, um, I can't believe I'm so lucky in this world. On the other hand, that's really smart. Yeah. It's really smart to have somebody who has a very, very different outlook on life than, than you do. I don't know if that was planned. More than likely, those guys are smart enough that, you know, they said, this is a good idea. Let's get some, you know, somebody that's very, very different than we are. Yeah. And... It is kind of a really different mix. Oh, that's dope, man. That's super dope. You you don't see that. So, I, I, dude, I'm blown back. I definitely got to come check out that oh, space. Oh, please, soon. please, please. I have to. I, it, it, 
I, I feel like I had other people that um, in my life that I can't wait to introduce them to this place. Sort of feel like an evangelist. <laughs> oh, come on, come on, come on. Just just for the one meeting. No pressure. Just come on and visit. Yeah. That would be, yeah, I'm, I'm down and check it out. I, I'm curious, um, how, how has your work evolved over time? Hmm. And, well, no, wait, let me ask you this question. So you, we talked a little bit about, like, pop culture. Just going on your Instagram, there's so many different styles of art. Do you have like your favorite style of art? You know, I, I think generally, and I don't know if it's fair to call it, but this is this is how I identify it. I think it kind of all has sort of like a street sensibility, which would does it seem that way to you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's generally where it comes from. I grew up in the suburbs and out in farmland. I really never had, you know, was this was never part of my life. But I saw it, and I always loved it, and I love that coarseness in just, you know, there's an energy that's brought to it. When, when I was a youngster, I loved punk music. And one of the things I loved about it was its rawness, its lack of um, hard outlines. It's just, you know, just this gritty from the gut sensibility. And it seems to be something, no matter what is in front of me, that I always love. I love that kind of rough edge, you know, kind of guttural. <laughs> There's just something that's marvelous to me about it. Um, on the other hand, you know, when I see really beautifully finished work, um, you know, I'm, I'm in awe. But it's just not, I don't have that ability to do something like that. Um, that you know, kind of guttural stuff I love. I don't think you're, well, I've, I've only known you for about an hour now, but um, I don't think your your personality would even allow you to create something that's just like that. Like, it just seems like you're, you're, you're very raw and like you just, you like what you like. You know, like everything's not, everything doesn't have to be perfect. It's, you know, it's going to be interpreted a million different ways depending on who's looking at it. So I think you just go out there and you just like, let me create something. Give me a piece of paper. Give me this. Like, let me just go. Yeah, <laughs> See? yeah you you hit it. That's exactly that's exactly right. You know, I uh, last summer I was um, doing some bigger pieces in my yard at my house, and um, I had them on a big piece of plywood. And they, were, they were pretty good size, and I grabbed barbecue wood charcoal so it's just you know it's just like black charcoal but it's really you know it's not meant for drawing and when you draw with it it crumbles and busts in your hand but there's a sense of just you know there was this control in it yeah yeah and primordial you know stuff's falling apart and i was taking spray cans and you know spraying and throwing them on the ground and splashing paint on things and it was fantastic it was like doing this I don't know what a dance, maybe like a sporting event, you know, yeah. it was just, it was me attacking this canvas and it was what a great fun thing to do. Oh, that's sick, man. I, I also noticed like you've done more than just like canvas. Wow. What is wrong with me? What is a canvas? <laughs> <laughs> more than just like, you know, painting, like you've done some stuff with like steel and like you said, like wood, like how was that for you? Do you like, what do you enjoy more? Uh, anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Um, I got to get back to making sculptures. Um, I, yeah, that's that's like high on my list. I next month I'm going to be starting on some more of that stuff. I, I miss welding. I haven't done that for so long, and it, I was working out of my house and garage for a while before I had the studio, and it's kind of tough to work out of a two car suburban garage and. You know, then you have to be mindful of neighbors about grinding and yeah. So, and my neighbors have been so encouraging, but you know, I agree. Yeah, I I don't think I could make art here. <laughs> we we almost got into an apartment where they had like a a wood wood shop, like woodworking area too, which would be pretty cool. We could probably have made like a bunch of stuff for our wedding instead of buying all of it. But um, yeah, that's another note. <laughs> I've always wanted to, like, I, I'm not skilled enough to, like, do stuff like that, but that's something I've always been, like, curious. Like, I'm very, uh, you show me how to put something together, I can put it together, like, boom. 
you tell me to go create something, I'm going to be like, okay, <laughs> let me, give me like three weeks. You, you know, I think, I, let me, I think that's a, it's something that gets in the way of a lot of people that when they create a thing, you know, when they do a drawing of a dog, if it doesn't look exactly like a, a photograph of a dog, it's not good. Yeah, that's me. But it's, <laughs> screw it. You know, a dog can be, you know, four, four matches and, uh, you know, a, a, a ball of fuzz. And, you know, it's the story that you tell. It's a story that you bring to the thing. And, you know, there's some, like, not really technically skilled art people out there. But the ideas that they create with that little bit of skill they have, oh, my God, that is fantastic. When you have this limited, limited kit of parts and you use it to its utmost, that's pretty magical. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I need to just, yeah, just need hit to it. Like get hit out it. there and just like do it and be like, it is what it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> I am so for that. Oh, man. Well, on one hand, yes, and the other hand, no. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I don't want to be pontificating because I, I went to an art lecture last week, and they were all old farts, you know, but really, really skilled. I mean, they they went to university to be oh, be you know artists, and they spent their whole life developing their craft. Those guys kicked. That's why I feel like it's just those people. You just got to be authentic, man. You got to go out there. Sometimes you just got to wing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I definitely don't. I am very like, I need this, this, this. Like, all right, been through this. I'm going to take notes on the back end this. All right. <laughs> you know, I guess you always wish you had what you, you had what you don't have. Yeah. That skill, when I see that, it makes me... I love that you can do that. I love when I see people doing things like that. It, I'm, wow, you are magic. How do you do that? Because it's so foreign to me. I just can't. Yeah, I, I'm, one thing I've like learned from sales is three words to start any question or some, how to ask any question to not get like a yes or no. It's what, how, and why. You ask someone a question that starts like, What's the difference between this? How does this connect to this? Or why is this this? And then you can't answer like yes or no. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, I always like start with like a what or like a how or a why. And that's just like, I, I keep that format like on all of my questions. And I'm just like, I'm going to get something from it. <laughs> and then like, I know I'm not going to ask every single question I have written down. Like it's not going to happen. But I know that no matter what, like you have a story. Everyone has some sort of story to tell. And I think it's just like actively listening. And maybe it doesn't fall into one of my questions, but then it's just like your brain's going to spark and be like, well, crap, tell me a little bit more about that. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's, that's just how, I've, I don't know. I've been like yeah. this that, that, for I a love while. That. I, my, my son is really, uh, well, most people around me are really orderly, but my son, yeah, when I see him have that ability to check things off and he has a list of things that need to be done, Oh, my, my boy, you are awesome. Don't get me wrong. This is just for this. <laughs> like when it comes to like grocery shopping, like any kind of other list, like, nope, not happening. I'm just going to go in the grocery store and wing it or I'm going to wing this. But it's like for certain things, like you just have to be prepared. Yeah, like yeah. you took time out of your day to come and talk to me. Someone you don't know. We just met like a little over an hour ago. The least amount of respect I can show you is like being prepared and asking you questions that are relevant to you. The fact that you understand that says mountains about you. The fact that you know that everybody's time in this world, you know, is valuable and that it's it's a gift to spend time with another oh, person. It's, it's pretty wonderful. It is. Uh, one thing, I, like, I'm not a amazingly, um, like, I'm more of an introvert. Like, I like to just, like, do stuff and by myself and, like, kind of just, like, Hey, I like my own company. It's just very simple. I don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z's feeling or how this person's doing. Like not saying like I don't care because I do care. But sometimes it's just like good to like be by yourself. But then I've noticed like it's, it's, it's a slippery slope. It's a very slippery slope. And like I said, I talk to people for a living. And I talk to people who don't want to talk to me <laughs> 80% of the time. 
And it's just like, there's so many amazing people like I want to talk to or like have a conversation with. I need to step out of that comfort zone and just like being by myself and this is cool, like I'm comfortable. So like expounding, getting out there, like talking to people I don't know, being like, hey, you want to come on my podcast? Like, I love what you're doing. Like, let's sit down and chat. Because it's it's forcing me to get more comfortable speaking to people I don't know, going up to people I don't know, and just have like being better at having conversations with people as well. I think everyone like like I made this podcast because I want to affect people. You know, somebody's going through something, they can listen to this, they can listen to another one of my episodes or whatnot, and it can affect them and you know, possibly, you know, change a part of their life or help them look at life a little bit differently. But that that's what I want the podcast to be. But like for my own personal self like i just want to get comfortable a little bit more comfortable talking to people there have you been to conejitos ever the old uh, uh, the old city so it's a mexican restaurant and they had they at least one part of it had communal tables and it was what a great place that used to be i again i've been there for a while but you would sit down cheek and jowl next to the next person and, um, you know, it was that, that sort of thing. No idea who you are, but you're sitting right next to them and, you know, you include them in on a conversation and it's, you know, it's a really kind of a fun thing. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten away. We, excuse me. We haven't gotten away from that. Like we're so far disconnected from a person that could be sitting right next to you. Like, and it's, it sucks. It does suck because like everyone is so unique. Everyone has something to say, like, you can say something that can affect them like long term, and that's just like amazing. I'll bet you've. I, I'm sure you've had it in in sports where, you know, somebody just says a couple encouraging words or sees something that you're doing, and it might not even be part of your the staff that's you know keeping an eye on you. Just said something. Ah, uh, I got it, and it changes the way you approach things or. I, I'm, I hope this happens to everybody in life that, you know, something happens, they'll meet somebody in the street and they'll say something and it sticks with them forever. I, I had the first architect I worked for. I don't know what, what brought this to my mind, but I, anyhow, he said, um, be a gracious receiver. So I was very bad at when somebody would say, would you like, you know, can I buy you a drink? Here, I, I got you a donut. And, you, you know, I would, no, 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 that's fine, that's fine. And he caught me up on it, and he said, you know, listen, it brings me joy to do something nice for you. You need to become a gracious receiver. Those are some words that stuck with me forever. And, you know, it seems like an odd thing to have to learn how to do to, you know, receive something from someone. But, man, it's what a fantastic gift. And even even words and thoughts and criticisms are to find criticism are really heartfelt criticism, not, not, you know, I want to hurt you criticism, but thoughtful criticism is nearly impossible to get. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, another thing, this is crazy. Uh, when I was, had Aaron Boyd on the podcast, we talked about the same thing. It's the same thing about someone like this generation has a hard turn, hard time, like accepting compliments. Whenever someone says like, dude, that was amazing. It's just like, it was all right. Like it can be better instead of just being like, Oh, thank you, man. Like I appreciate it. And that's like a hundred percent one thing. Like I've been working on so hard since that, that first podcast with him. It's just like every single time someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, thank you. Like I appreciate it. That's what brought that to mind. Actually. Cause I, oh, you know, really? yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. So I listened to, <laughs> and, and that, yeah, that's exact. Now you made me remember what brought that to mind. And yeah, it's hard to do. Oh yeah. It's hard it to say very hard. Thank you very much for, for appreciating what I do. <laughs> instead of belittling yourself and say, oh, it's nothing. Yep. That's what oh, I do all the time. Something. That's what I do all the time with, with you know, when I do artwork. I, someone says to me, wow, that's lovely. And, you know, in my head, my first reaction is, oh, yeah, it's, it's you not know, my best yeah, word. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I learned to say, thank you very much. It's very kind of you. I really appreciate you loving awesome. it. And, you know, it makes him happy and saying those words out loud kind of affirms, you yeah. know, what you're, what you're doing. doing. Yeah, it makes you kind of like, okay, yeah, maybe I don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I do. That's that, that's that's what I've been doing with this podcast nonstop. Uh, that's honestly, man, that's that's all I got. 
that's all I got. Yeah. Do you, I always ask this, like, do you have any questions for me? Or do you want to talk about something that we didn't, that I didn't bring up that you wanted to cover? No, I think we got it really covered. I, you know, I love the fact that you found something in your life that allows you to communicate with other people and make these wonderful contacts. And I listened to quite a few of your, you. your podcast. And, you know, there's several of the people in your podcast I have some sort of either direct connection to or this tenuous connection to. And this city, you know, back to the city being a, a really this wonderful cauldron right yeah. now. It's pretty fantastic. So hooray for you to create you. this place where people come together. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate your artwork. This is amazing. This is either going to go up in my living room or it's going to go on my desk at work. I haven't decided just yet. Okay. Me and my boss talk sneakers all day. So I'm like debating on just like putting it at my desk because this piece is amazing. And I want like <laughs> a large amount of people to see it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Um, thank you for your time awesome. today. Okay. Be well. Thank you.